Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Michael Amadeus Show, episode 451. Are we making this all up? The most important question. In the year before his death, my grandfather, the great Herbert McCarthy, uh, sat with me and had lunch at one point. Now, I, before he had gone into what ultimately ended up being hospice for him uh, due to an injury, we would take drives. I would go over and I would pick him up and I would take him on long drives through the forest, through open fields, and we would stop and eat and we would talk or sometimes just sit in silence. And at one point, he was talking to me. He was a very devout Catholic, and he had mentioned that he had read a book about the upcoming uh, so-called Three Days of Darkness in which the end of the world would start and and all of the terrible people would be uh, taken from the earth and that you would be safe inside your house because you'd have crosses that had been blessed and that you were saying prayers and you knew what was happening. And, and uh, you know, he was kind of the apocalyptic view of what was going to happen. And he was telling me that he always felt like he would have some role to play in the events when they happen. And he'd been preparing for a long time. My mother often has mentioned, you know, why I bring this up, that uh, she heard about this even as she was growing up. She thought this was very real. And, uh, and then, of course, later realized that it, it wasn't and it wasn't coming. My grandfather said that he had always thought that he would have a role to play. But yet, he was near the end of his life and it hadn't happened yet. And he wasn't sure what to make of that. That's where I want to start today. Where do we find our meaning? And is there any meaning at all? Einstein once described his friend Michel Besso as the best sounding board in Europe for scientific concepts and ideas. Together, they attended university in Zurich. They were colleagues at the patent office in Bern. And when Besso died in the spring of 1955, Einstein wrote a letter to Besso's family. And he said, quote, now he has departed the strange world a little ahead of me. That signifies nothing. For us believing physicists, the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. Einstein's statement wasn't just trying to console the family. He was actually touching on something that many physicists believe to be true. Although it is not, of course, accepted 100% as fact. It is something generally accepted. Now, there are two kind of main pillars of modern physics that we're talking about here. One is Einstein's general theory of relativity, and the other is the standard model of particle physics. Now, the laws that underlie these theories are time-symmetric. So that is, the physics that they describe is the same, regardless of whether the variable called time increases or decreases. These Laws also don't really say anything about the point we call now, the special moment or so it appears to us, but are seemingly undefined when we talk about the universe at large. So the resulting idea here is this timeless cosmos, or called block universe, a static block of space and time in which any flow of time or passage through it is presumably a mental construct or an illusion based on who is observing the passage of time. Uh, many physicists have really made peace with this idea of a block universe, arguing that the task of the physicist is to describe how the universe appears from the point of view of an individual observer. 
to understand the distinction between past, present, and future, you have to, to quote, plunge into this block universe and ask, how is the observer perceiving time? And that's quotes from Andres Albrecht, physicist at the University of California, Davis, and one of the founders of the theory of cosmic inflation. This can be a very difficult concept to wrap our head around, especially as we go from day to day. We wake up, the sun comes up, we go through about our day, we go to work, we connect with people, we connect with others, and then we watch the sun go down and we fall asleep and we wake up again. And we can see a linear progression from one thing to another. But this tells us all that it is a construct and it all exists at one time. The reason that I wanted to start with this is that if, in fact, this is true, it is entirely possible that we are perceiving things as we move through them, not by any other mandate than our own consciousness and our own construct. And therefore, because we have gone through with our own mental construct creating this context, that really there is no meaning. We're just going through life seeing things in a way that makes meaning or seeing things in a way that allow us to perceive meaning in our own experience. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's a fairly bleak way to see our existence. Yet, on the other side, I see moments of sacredness. I feel moments of deep meaning. I feel moments of connection. And I see the beauty tapestry in which life evolves and I'm not saying that just you know centered around me I see it around others I see how things suddenly converge and create incredible incredible situations for other people and for myself for those I care about and for those sometimes I don't care about but I do see it and it matters I see just this life rife with deep intensity and mystery and richness and I have a hard time uh, making an equivalency between that and this concept of a meaningless universe created only in context through what we believe to be true and because of that I come back to a quote by Viktor Frankl in the book Men's Search for Ultimate Meaning which is different than Men's Search for Meaning this is more of a collection of essays this is what he says Quote, via V, the fact that it's equally conceivable that everything is absolutely meaningful and that everything is absolutely meaningless, in other words, that the scales are equally high, we must throw the weight of our own being into one of the scales. And I think that might be at the heart of this entire thing. It could be both. We could be in a universe where all things exist at once and we create the context as we move through it. And yet, at the same time, that beautiful tapestry, all of the things that come together because of that existence might also exist as well. The fact is, we can't truly know. The only thing we can do, ironically enough, is choose. What kind of a person are you? Do you see the meaning? Do you see the signs? Do you see the symbols? Do you see the magic in the world? Do you see the deep romance of existence? Or do you see nothingness? That's the choice. 
And that's the greatest question I believe that we can ask. If you find yourself uh, wanting to get in touch with me, you can. MichaelAmity.com, the contact form, is a great way to get me. If you find yourself being creative with poetry, lyrics, or short fiction, consider listening to my radio show, World Poetry Open Mic. We broadcast every Friday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can find us at worldpoetryopenmic.net. But for this podcast, the next episode will be tomorrow. So until then, keep living authentically and keep living creatively. Thank you.